You're listening to Potty Mouth Radio, the home of movies, music, television, and comedy. The following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch it. Welcome back to We Watched a Thing with Billy and Dave. You're joining us on a very special episode um, of what I guess we're going to call a director's spotlight. We're very, very fortunate to be chatting to Paul and Ben China, the writers and directors of the soon-to-be-released horror thriller black comedy, a bit, um, <laughs> Night Shift. Um, welcome, boys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to uh, to be talking to you, chaps. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, thanks so much for having us on. Um, so we'll get to night shift um, in a minute, but I did want to kind of chat a little bit about how you got to this point. Um, I, I know your night shift is sort of being described as your debut film, but I mean that's not. Technically, I mean, I guess on paper it's your debut being jointly credited, but um, you did have a cracking little Aussie thriller crawl, what, 13 years ago now? That would probably be. Gosh, yeah, it feels that way when we shot that in Queensland. Yeah, it was that 2010, 2011 crawl. That was a film that, um, a small independent film that I wrote and directed and Ben produced and we kind of threw everything into it. That was our first foray into filmmaking. And we were fortunate that the film did well and played over, I think it was 30 international film festivals, played in select cinemas in the UK and over here. And then that going on the festival circuit for that film is what brought us to Los Angeles basically. And um, we've been here for the last, Eight years? Eight years, yeah, gosh, yeah. Fortunately, we still have our British accents. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a long time ago, but it was a, such a it was such a, a crucial, important first step for us, particularly to sort of like hone our craft and to sort of um, poke our nose in the industry. But um, Yeah, I mean, 30 festivals is pretty crazy. I, I knew it had played at Fright Fest because I've got a, a friend who um, lives over in Oxford and, and has some dealings with fright fest in terms of curating and things i I believe um so i had heard about it at the time um but it's a um long while between drinks in terms of directing projects too long too long long. i mean it's just it's so hard to make to make a film you know and like with paul and i we just uh that's all we wanted to do but then after this after crawl sort of got us on that festival circuit and sort of brought us and took us back to england and we brought us over here to america um we were getting like great response from other scripts were written and um so we ended up writing for a lot of other people uh writing um feature scripts like horror scripts for the directors and a couple of studios and then we worked on tv for a bit we um yeah created a couple of horror shows that we uh sort of luckily sold but they never got made and and the whole time we were doing it we were just getting a bit frustrated because we just desperately want to get behind the camera again and uh and make another film and here we are with night shift you know it took us all those years <laughs> later but um we're so glad we managed to sort of pull it together and, and to make something yeah to make nice shift and to do it it's it yeah. must be i mean I, I did read i mean you guys if you look at imdb it doesn't look like there's a lot there but you guys have written quite a lot of stuff from what i've read yeah 
Yeah, yeah. We, we, we were fortunate to have some of them get made. A script of our Sweet Virginia got made a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and that kind of... That, that was a blacklist script, I believe, which is kind of a badge of pride, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was wonderful to see to see that reception over here. And um, and it was just amazing that that film got made many years later with a different director and um, who did a wonderful job. But yeah, and then we, like I think Ben said, we ended up selling a few scripts to different studios. We worked in television for a few years. And while we were fortunate that you know scripts were scripts were selling and we were still writing, we were um, we were sort of uh, getting frustrated that nothing was getting to the screen. And so by making Night Shift, it really felt like it's a directorial de debut because it's from the both of us together operating yep. as, um, the China Brothers. But it also feels like a fresh start as well. And um, yeah. we're just incredibly proud of the film and that we've um, that we've managed to sort of get it out there. I'm just curious. I've got two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister, and I can't think of anything worse than working with them in a professional <laughs> capacity. But you guys have done the whole thing from writing and and not just like splitting them up like, you know, sometimes the Coen brothers do. You guys have done both collaboratively. How does that work? How does it work when you're directing together on set with Night Shift? It's, it just kind of feels, I don't know if it's a twin thing maybe, but it's like it feels sort of effortless really because we're always, we're quite inseparable and, we're, and in that sort of creative field we're always just like bouncing ideas of each other and it works so well when we're writing and, and behind the camera as well, it just feels effortless. I personally, I mean, I can't imagine not doing it any other way. Um, yeah. Maybe it is a twin thing. I, don't know. I, think, it, I think it is. <laughs> you know, because like you say, with siblings, even with like non-twins, you can get frustrated at each other and, um, you know, big <laughs> To nature but um with ben and i it's always been harmonious and um, we've been you know we consider ourselves to be extremely fortunate that we have that relationship and that two heads are better than one and um yeah. you know, making my shift together was just a, a wonderful experience and hopefully we get to keep making many more yeah yeah it's, i mean it, it is nice to sort of i mean obviously with beck editing as well it, it's it, 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 it it's a, a family project i guess <laughs> It's, uh, it certainly is. It certainly is a family affair without a shadow of a doubt. And again, it's still harmonious. And like, I, I think that also with, particularly with Beck as an editor, and she's a phenomenal editor, she, um, by having the three of us in the editing suite, there's never any sort of um, arguments because two, you know, it always goes well, like if two of us have an opinion voting yes or no on a particular cut and the other person is outvoted, then we just go along with it because we know, you know, we don't, we don't. Yeah. No one's taking it personally. Majority yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And it just, um, it works that way. And that happened a number of times, you know, where like say my wife and Ben were like pushing for a particular take and I just went with it because two voices were louder than one and I wasn't going to fight it. So, yeah. It worked that way again to our benefit, I think. Yeah. So I believe that the film was, shot during COVID. So it, it is quite a small cast, but that being said, it's a huge cast of names, like a big list of names. How did how did that happen when it's been quite a while since you guys made Crawl to going and this is your directorial debut? How did it go kind of pulling this film together with such caliber that you've got on set? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we consider ourselves like incredibly fortunate. And we're just lucky that like actors of that caliber really sort of responded to the material and really sort of responded to like the direction we want to take it in. I mean, when you look at like, you know, we had Lamar Morris, you know, playing Teddy and it's just, 
it's because when you look at a, in any other film like a haunted motel film if you look at a, a character of like you know someone who runs the motel it's usually perceived as someone who's like very old and creepy and we were like well, what if you cast Lamar Morris you just totally flip it on its head and have this like fresh angle into it and obviously that appeals to an actor of his level and same for the other cast as well it was just particularly with the narrative journey with the main protagonist played by Phoebe Tonkin it just became like really sort of compelling for them and we we're, were very thankful that we got them we really are. Yeah. Especially, especially, that, that was the hook that got me. Billy loves to tease me because I'm such a rabid Vampire Diaries universe obsessive. <laughs> um, you, you stick Phoebe Tonkin on something, I'm there. And my kids yeah. are there because of H2O. Yeah. So, oh, my God, God yeah, Australian yeah, yeah. TV show. 100%. Yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's an Aussie icon, really. It's, I mean, with Phoebe especially, we knew that by casting the role, um, the role of Gwen, we have an actress who's on screen for you know, 98% of the time. Yeah. And often in many, many scenes, she's by herself and she's walking around a motel and she's interacting with, um, you know, the the building itself. And we need somebody who could hold the audience's attention, who not just had um, terrific acting capabilities, but had tremendous screen presence. And that is what drew us to Phoebe. And um, we're still thanking our lucky stars that she said yes. Yeah. And it was also it, like- it, One thing um, I, I noticed and-, and- in Crawl as well, and even in Sweet Virginia, even though uh, you guys didn't direct it, I'm assuming some of it came from the script, you guys seem very comfortable with silence and not feeling the need to fill every moment with dialogue or score or something. And I thought Phoebe and um, uh, George who in, in Crawl, who I loved ever since an old Aussie film called Love Serenade that no one's ever heard. Yes, yes. Um, but... Both of them are particularly good at being silent but conveying so much just through small movements, you know, even, you know, a flicker of an eye. Um, Is that something you consciously like to include? And if so, where did that come from? It definitely harkens back to, like, early horror cinema or early cinema in general because storytelling on screen is much about emotion as it is about information and dialogue. And so particularly when you're dealing with suspense, um, silence is everything. Silence is the power. Silence is what gets under the audience's skin. Um, I think it was Plansky who once said that if you showed a scene of a battlefield, you know, during the Civil War or something like that, but then you showed a scene of a a woman walking down an alley at night, you know, which is the one that's going to evoke the most suspense and tension and, and the most feeling or reaction from an audience. And it's the woman walking down the alley without a shadow of a doubt, because it's also yep. relatable. Um, but yeah, by casting um, an actor, like an actress like Phoebe, um, who has the, who has such a, such a rare, fantastic talent, but has the, has this dynamic, wonderful face, which can hold the audience's attention and say so much without actually uttering any dialogue. And so, again, we were lucky to, to cast her. I think as well, like with media in general today, we're inundated with so much information. You know, there's like movies, TV shows, you know, and the likes, and there's so much dialogue that fills up, you know, and everyone's talking, and it's like an information overload. So when you sort of do sort of pull it back and bring it back to basics, really, you know, particularly in a, a visceral sense, it's just like relying on silence, relying on emotion that we can sort of see in our facial expressions or gestures, just really sort of brings it back to a very human level that I think we're kind of missing, you know? And obviously that trait works so well in genre movies and we just love to sort of capitalise on that, on that element. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get into 
spoilers here because the film has lots of twists and turns and I think everyone should go see it. So I don't want to give anything away. But when you guys approach a film like this and you're writing it, I'm just curious about your writing techniques and styles. Do you guys plot out the entire movie first before you sit down and start writing or are you kind of fly by the seat of your pants writers? Is there a particular scene that you start with? Like, How did the idea come about for you guys? I think we have to be meticulous um, in the execution, particularly with a film like Night Shift, which predominantly takes place at one location. Um, yeah, we have to be well prepared. So we, once we knew that we had an idea that we were incredibly excited about, it was then, then very much about mapping that film out with a three-act structure. What happens with the twists and turns? How the plot develops? How can we keep the audience continuously entertained and surprised? And just by even having the characters of, um, of, of Warren and Birdie who show up in the middle of the film, you know, the, yeah. the fancy affluent couple, like just... The last thing that you expect when you're watching a film like this, particularly by having actors like uh, Patrick Fischler and Lauren Bowles. But um, again, it's just, yeah, how do we keep the audience entertained? Because we know that, and hopefully you, you both agree with us here, but to go to the cinema takes a lot of work and we don't want to take that for granted. We know that, you know, you have to pay for a cinema ticket, you pay for food, drinks, petrol in your car, babysitters. And so yeah. um, the last thing that we want to do is let the audience down. I mean, you know, Waste so time, as yeah. much as we do care about subtext and, of course, and character arcs and, and what have you, um, we are very much about entertaining an audience. We want them to leave, yeah. the, leave the cinema satisfied and having a good time and, you know, forgetting about their own life for a little while. Yeah, so we try and map those stories out as best as we can before writing. So we sort of know all the beats are down pat and then, um, and then we can sort of bring it to life. We're just on the casting of Patrick and Lauren, Obviously, real life husband and wife. Yeah, was uh, surely that's not happenstance. Did you sort of write these characters and go, you know, who could nail this, <laughs> Patrick Fischler? Let's see if we can get him. Yeah, yeah, it was. We actually cast Lauren first, I believe. Yeah, we cast like they were both on our list, and we cast Lauren first, and then she was just like, my husband was reading opposite me, and he would love to sort of play the character of Warner. And we were like, well, who's your husband? Like, okay. Patrick. We were like, well, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were very, very lucky and yes. very thankful that uh, they came up and showed up and just, you know, knocked it out of the park and gave one oh, of those. Oh, they are clearly film. having a ball with those characters. Oh, yeah. and, we, and we only had them for one day. Yeah. I believe it was one day that we had them, and it was, but it was such a such a wonderful day. Yeah. And just having them spar with Phoebe in that one scene and, um, yeah. yeah, just... Uh, I mean, they played those characters so well because they're so frustrating, but also um, incredibly funny. And, and, you know, again, with I think an important component with horror is humour. They are two sides of the same coin. And so we're very much focused on that. We're not, we don't want to create any kind of like depressing film. And in the slightest, um, it is important to have levity. Um, and so, yeah, those two characters really brought that, brought that to life. Uh, there's, there's wonderful little moments of kind of sly humour through. I mean, the, the addition of Yogi, for example, is yeah. such a, a great... And so, from a writing standpoint, so utilitarian because it's, you can literally, oh, we need a, we need to break the tension here. Oh, well, Yogi falls down again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was just so wonderful because it, it it's a comical moment, but it's also a moment of horror too. You know, it's like, why is Yogi falling down? And to have that as a repetitive theme, like, is the motel haunted? And... 
just to have them both together, levity and horror, just uh, it works yeah. so well if you can manage to sort yeah, of that's the, it's the secret sauce. Yeah, yes. it really is. And it really it's... is interesting to sort of see an audience reaction. We've been fortunate enough to see the film a couple of times with a, with a packed audience and to hear them laugh at particular moments in one screening and then, you know, scream or not laugh in another one is, uh, is utterly fascinating because it depends on how each audience member takes that scene. Because some people, th- you know, find uh, certain moments or cert- certain instances quite peculiar or funny and others don't at all. But um it's important to, to at least provide it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You guys yeah. obviously love genre and horror specifically. You can hear that in the way you guys are talking about it now, and you can see that and feel that in the movie as well. What are some of the movies that inspired you guys? I read that it was when you first saw, you know, a VHS copy of Halloween. Are there any other movies that have really kind of inspired you? And at some point, would you like to play with other genres, like, for example, a straight comedy, or are you guys horror through and through, do you think? I think I think we're horror through and through, but we love the subgenres of horror. You know, when you look at Night Shift, um, I mean, the two biggest influences for Night Shift are probably Hitchcock's Psycho and and uh, Mario Bava's Kill Baby Kill, which was massive. Nice. So we love we love Bava, and then just having like a little sort of not little a heavy dose of Jalo in there too to sort of really make it pop and give it life. Um, so we do love like those little pockets that you can play with. We're always doing that, really, aren't we? I guess absolutely. I I I also find that with certain horror films, I've laughed more in certain horror films than I have in comedies. Yeah, you know I mean, like being in a in a sold out screening of Get Out, I remember crying with laughter. I mean, and, and yeah. that, that film is incredibly terrifying, but also absolutely hysterical. And I think yeah. audiences do react to that, and that kind of that very much appeals to Ben and I. That um, again, you, the audience is getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, um, you remember the laughs as much as the scares. But again, you're not really falling into the, the horror yeah. comedy category. As great as that category category can be, and, we still very yeah. much want to be a horror film. But um, and also, it's yeah, and if you can find those moments as well to like try and make the audience laugh right before a moment of horror, and vice versa, that's always yeah. like, such a wonderful trick you can do. Like which we tried to do with a few instances of Night Shift, particularly with the tongue at the end, you know, and just like. <laughs> You feel like your tension is relieved and then, you know, you get a smack in the face. But, um, yeah, it's just funny to to find those moments. I'm curious, you did touch on the writing process. Um, when you guys are working on developing a project, are you together? Do you sort of come together and have a writing day in a room? Or are you, and, and I read that Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett used to just mail each other chapters and then get them back with notes scrawled on them how are you how do you approach that sort of collaborative process i think we we prefer to work together in a room um much to the annoyance of my wife but it's uh again it's very collaborative and um it's two again two heads are better than one um it's and it's important to the most the most crucial stage is mapping out the film by, by plotting the structure, the character arcs, again, roughing out sort of the beats where we want it to go. And then the fun part is actually bringing it to life in script format with the dialogue. But um, yeah, it's, again, it, it goes back to a twin thing, I guess, <laughs> um, that we haven't killed each other yet, you know, because again, we just don't fall in line with that. And again, so many people seem to be confused by it. How have you not murdered each other? But um, again, again it's, it's, it's harmonious. I guess yeah. we'll never know. You know, maybe we have too much great hairs. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it is. But you yeah. know, I'm jealous of any hairs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when 
when, so, and when you were on set, um, and particularly, I, I guess I'm thinking more of Crawl because I, I, I did read that when you set foot on the Crawl set for the first time, it was the first time on any set, which must have been kind of terrifying. Um, do you, how do you divide up duties uh, when you're co-directing? I think I think I read somewhere that the Coens, you know, one of them focuses more on working with the actors, the other more on the camera. Do you sort of do it that way or are you just kind of both there joined at the hip for everything? We're both there, yeah. It's 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 fifty fifty. We don't really split up the camera or the actors at all. We we hopefully we feel like an actor can come up to either one of us and still get the same kind of response or answer. Yeah. Um, again, having the two of us it adds to the creativity. You know how we feel about a shot composition or a performance, um, working alongside each other. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, again, it's it's sort of effortless, and uh, we consider ourselves fortunate that that we do actually have each other and we're not alone in in that situation because it is an, uh, an overwhelming task and a phenomenal job as well by the way we're we count our blessings that um we get to do what we love what we love for a, for, for a living but um again it's harmonious it is i think the only thing we split is one of us will just say action you have all say cut and we just like <laughs> <laughs> that by, that by flipping a coin yeah um, <laughs> it's just yeah I mean, it's it's harmonious. It really is. We're we're there for everything together. Really, it's making sure that Ben also has a beard yes. and I'm clean shaven, <laughs> yeah. so the actors can tell the difference. You know, yes. um, yeah, that's it. That's it, really. <laughs> It's a yeah. It is a it is a rarity. I mean, you, I can other than the Coens, you've got Daniels, and I can think of maybe Powell and Pressburger. There's not that many long lasting duo teams as far as directing goes so you're in a rarefied company yeah hopefully yeah. we get to just keep going yeah yeah um yeah hopefully we just get to keep doing it you know it's uh it's hard work but we, we absolutely love it and um yeah hopefully we can just keep trudging on well it's, it's i mean certainly from what i've read you've got a lot of irons in the fire as it were um i believe is the bidding war finished on most evil that's gone in production or about to most evil is a script that we it's a script that we love and we sold um in a in a it was in it was in a competitive situation and we sold to a studio yeah. around the time that we that we set off to make night shift we kind of wanted to sell one script and then and then yeah. go and make ours to sort of like you know give us the the energy and the heat needed off the sale which and it did it worked in our favor unfortunately I it hasn't been made. So I don't know how close it's been because it's been shopped around to a few different places since then, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it, it went to MGM and then they sold it to Netflix, I think, and now it's just in development hell, which means we'll never see the light of day, like most things. Um, it's sad, really, but, you know, when it's particularly, you know, spec script and, like, creativity goes into it, but, I mean, it's just the nature of the industry, which is, um, yeah, unfortunate. But but aside from that, we've, um, yeah, we've written two other scripts that we hope to make next that we've... Um, pushed out we have good producers on one's casting one's financing so um hopefully we can get those two up and running this year oh yeah. amazing so obviously you guys have done a lot of writing for other people has the yeah. experience on crawl and now of course night shift has that kind of shifted your focus towards writing projects for you guys to direct and film yourselves or are you still do you still enjoy writing for other people to yeah. then think away? Uh, I, I don't the honest answer is no. I mean, <laughs> um, 
I think we were really sort of set now on particularly just how hard it was to get Night Shift off the ground. You know, it was years in the making and, and to be able to do that, it just really sort of propels us forward that we want to just keep making films. So we're just writing scripts for ourselves and hopefully we get those opportunities to keep doing that. Um, as wonderful as it is to, to write and write for other people, it's it's never as lovely as doing it for yourself. Oh, I, yeah. I can imagine. I mean, I think Sweet Virginia... Having seen that come to life and and yeah. getting people like Chris Abbott and John Bernthal and yeah. um, Imogen Poots, you, you'd kind of go, oh, okay, I'm kind of happy seeing my words coming out of those mouths. But the flip side could very easily, I would imagine, be the case where you're having poured your heart and soul into something, you then see it cast and oh look, Paulie Shaw's in it or something fabulous. Um, <laughs> keeping the controls surely must have a benefit in that you can make sure that who you envisage when you are writing the words is the one that's on the screen saying them. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. And it's an interesting experience with Sweet Virginia because the film is actually, you know, it's sort of quite different to the script that we wrote. Our script for Sweet Virginia had, a, had much more levity in it. And I think that oh, the, wow. the characters are a little more esque with their quirks and what have you and, and as well as the filmmaker Jamie Dagg who's exceptionally talented he sort of made a very much like a Scandinavian noir type yeah. film yeah. that um, as excellent as the film is and as wonderful as those performances are and they were particularly from Burnfall it's, um, it was different from the direction that Ben and I had taken on the page so it is really interesting to see that because it's kind of conflicting um, emotions and so uh, the, the tremendous benefit, of course, with Night Shift is, is to see come to life what we actually originally envisioned. Um, and hopefully we can just keep doing that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I'm super keen to see what you guys do next. Is, is Coffin Hill, are, are you guys working on a adaptation or something? Yeah, that was a graphic novel series that, that yeah. was brought to us by uh, Warner Brothers, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, and then um, we did an adaptation for them. Um, that was just like an, another one of those TV projects that you sit there, you give them a take, and everyone gets happy, and then you're like, well, now what? And it just sort of sits there in silence for a while, and then that silence <laughs> becomes months, and then it becomes years. Um, but that was a fun one. It was a fun one, yeah. Again, and that was, well, like Ben was saying, when we were kind of working in TV for a few years, and it was interesting with television because we write so much, which is why we kind of drifted over there. But um, by selling numerous television shows, which, again, on one hand, is wonderful because, you know, people are interested in your work and you're getting paid. But um, at the same time, those projects don't actually get made. Um, and that's, that's the case with most projects in Hollywood in general. So... By then shifting out of that and going back to our first love and doing what we actually want to do, which was filmmaking, specifically with genre films, um, has been tremendously rewarding. Um, and by seeing Night Shift actually come to life. Yeah, it's very difficult in that TV space because even when I mean, we had a TV show that was, you know, it was a Paramount Skydance and we had Sam Raimi aboard as a director and uh, and it just never moved forward. You know, I mean, it's just like you even have all those pieces, which is so wonderful and all these talented people and uh, you still can't get over the line. Um, but at least sort of bringing it back to, to the film model and, um, yeah, where it's just us, it's, uh, it gives us more creativity and more allowance to hopefully get those projects made instead. Yeah. Well, here's, here's hoping with Night Shift out the gate, those conversations around funding and things for future projects just become that little bit easier each time for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Particularly by wanting to now sort of make much bigger films. I mean, because Night Shift was 
you know, it's filmed over 70, 17 days on, I think it was 500 grand is all we had at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, by hopefully just getting bigger and bigger each time. And our next scripts are kind of um, much larger in scale. So hopefully we get to play with those and make those very soon. Yeah, worked for Daniels. It'll work for you guys, I'm sure. Oh, you're too kind. Yeah, too kind. Absolutely. Um, yeah, hopefully it does because it's uh, we have so much fun doing it. Thanks very much for spending time with us. We'll let you go and sort of relax into your afternoon. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I said the start. Of, I've already watched Night Shift three times. I'll probably watch it again today, later on, maybe. <laughs> I, feel like. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's right in my wheelhouse in terms of genre and tone and everything and, and cast were fabulous. It's uh, you yeah, should be really proud of yourselves. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for watching it as well and giving us your time. It was, uh, yeah, that means a lot to us. Yeah, and we made it for audiences to enjoy. That's the that's yeah. the uh, that's the aim. So, if, if if that's working, if that's if that's your reaction, then we can be more pleased. Yeah, I oh, know it's a ton of fun. Really is. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Well, hopefully, um, talk to you when the next project comes around. Absolutely yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Billy. Thanks, Steve. Tremendous. Tremendous to speak to you. You guys have been lovely. Thanks heaps. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you both so, so much, much, guys. Thank you.